Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Welcome to CBS Audio's Eye on Veterans. I'm your host, Phil Briggs. I'm a Navy veteran, and every week I get a chance to look at the issues of the day through the eyes of my fellow military vets. My goal every week is simple, bring you something informative and something that will inspire the hell out of you. This is the news and stories about the veteran lifestyle. This is Eye on Veterans. What costs taxpayers more money than a COVID relief package? We'll talk with Army veteran and acclaimed author Sean McFate, who explains why the F-35 is the Defense Department's biggest loser. It, the whole program has, is going to cost taxpayers one point. Seven, wait for it, trillion dollars. So we're getting this whole too big to fail argument now from them. Like you have, you're stuck with us. And with millions of Americans unemployed or underemployed, we're living through a mental health epidemic. So we'll meet a Marine veteran whose mindset coaching can make a real difference in the lives of anyone going through a hard time right now. We think that when we hit that peak growth point that we're going to grow physically, that growing pains are done. Growing pains are just getting started. There are psychological growing pains that we're going to go through. Part of my work with vets is to get them to start understanding that life happens for you, that doesn't happen to you. All right, we're going to start the show talking about the F-35. And an interesting article that uh, just received 6,000 shares and counting that broke on the hill. To put it in the author's words, it talks about how the F-35 Joint Strike Fighter Jet is a rat hole of taxpayer money. And uh, that even the House Armed Services Committee chairman has now joined the ranks of the outrage, saying that the F-35 is a failure on a massive freaking scale. And so here to talk to us about this 
breaking news, which is not breaking at all because the plane's been breaking for a long time, is friend of the show, Sean McFate. Uh, he's the acclaimed author of The New Rules of War, How America Can Win Against Russia, China, and Other Threats. He's also a professor at Georgetown University and an advisor to Oxford University's Center for Technology and Global Affairs. And we like him because at his core, he's an Army veteran, 82nd Airborne, and uh, all the way to you, Mr. Sean McFate. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Phil. How are you doing? Really good. Really good. Now, I, I love how this is kind of breaking news again, because it's yeah. actually how you opened the book, The New Rules of War, from back in 2019. Let's just open up with talking about what, just what a cluster the F-35 is. Share with me a little bit about, from the beginning of the article, how its budget is as big as a country. Yeah, I mean, the reason that this keeps this breaking aircraft keeps on breaking news is because it, the bottom is, keeps on opening up all the time. Everybody knows the F-35 is a joint strike fighter. It's, a, it's an airplane, right? It's a single-seat fighter plane. It, the whole program has, is going to cost taxpayers $1.7, wait for it, trillion dollars. <laughs> Now, that's a lot of zeros. I'm an old 11 Bravo. I don't do zeros in math very well. So to put that into context, that is more money than Russia's GDP spent on a single-seat airplane. Damn. In fact, you know, if the F-35 were a country, its GDP would be ranked 11th in the world ahead of Saudi Arabia. That's how much money this is costing taxpayers. And that alone is a shocking... It's a shocking figure, which I think is why it keeps on grabbing attention. And it even compares to other relief programs we're spending on COVID. I mean, we count those dollars in trillions and think that's amazing. Yeah. But this is for a damn plane. I mean, yeah, COVID spending is, is off the charts. But this is for a, a, a damn plane that um, doesn't even go to war, right? I mean, so in we've been at war someplace since 9-11. Guess how many combat missions the F-35 has racked up? A thousand. <laughs> I, like, I like your sense of humor, Phil. No, it's zero. Zero combat missions. I mean, from an old 11 Bravo's perspective, we used to say, that dog don't hunt. Right? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the worth of any weapon system is its utility. If we've been at war someplace for 20 years and we don't use this weapon, then it's useless. I mean, it's not like these are nuclear missiles which are deterring World War III. You know, uh, China, Russia, and Iran, and others keep on expanding, as they have in the last 10 years, and they're undeterred by F-35 or anything else. So we're paying all this money for a super weapon that doesn't go to war. Mm. Now, um, just to be clear, 2018 or so, the Pentagon, uh, Lockheed, who makes the F-35, kind of got a little edgy about the disgraceful war record, and they sent the F-35 on combat missions in Iraq and Afghanistan. We're talking about onesies and twosies. But again, you know, if the enemy can't shoot back, it's not a combat mission, right? Yeah. The F-35 was not meant to take out a terrorist on a moped. That's what we're spending $1.7 trillion for. <laughs> uh, and if engine failure is the worst thing that can happen in Afghanistan, well, then it might as well be flying over Kansas. So that is what, you know, we're, we're paying all this money for a super weapon that doesn't go to war. And it's leaving a lot of people scratching their heads. Uh, 
And let's just pause right there because you brought up a couple great lines from this article, in- including the one that I loved when it said, as any grunt will tell you, it's not combat if the enemy can't shoot back. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But uh, uh, let's detail a little bit about what's going on with this plane and, again, why it should just really aggravate everybody. It tried to be everything to everybody. It tried to be a Swiss army knife. Share with me a little bit about um, like the three kinds of things it was supposed to do that it just doesn't do and 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 what actual tools we have that do it better. Yeah. So it, I like to say that the F-35 proves the adage that you know, a horse designed by a committee becomes a camel. It is. It was designed to, to be a one you know, one solution for Army needs, Air Force Marines needs, Marine needs, and Navy needs. And instead, they got, like, the compromise of everybody. Um, it's supposed to do fighter jet stuff, like combat, supposed to do bombing, and it's supposed to do, like, you know, espionage. And it does some interesting things in that world. It, you know, it's, it, it goes through a battle, like, it flies through a battle zone, and it does collective targeting instantly. So it, what it means is that it, it connects with smart weapons on the ground and the air, and it it does you know it prioritizes targets, high value targets, and it collectively organizes everybody's fire in the battlefield. Of course, that's assuming that the future war has battles like World War II, which in my book, New Rules of War, I will assure you, uh, the, the likelihood of that happening is like the likelihood of somebody hearing the command fix bayonet. <laughs> that doesn't, you know, war has moved on since then. But anyway, the, the F-35 is supposed to do all these things, and it does all these things, to be fair. It just sucks at all these things. I mean, it doesn't, you know, if there are bombers who do, you know, they can, they can fly farther with bigger payloads like B-52s. Um, you know, for close air support, the A-10 you know, from 1977 still does a better job. And in dogfighting, which is like, you know, why do you have a, a, a fighter jet? It gets blown out of the sky by these mock trials against 40-year-old F-16s, 40-year-old F-15s. And the question, and, and we're stuck with this thing. It doesn't do anything well. It's over time, over budget by several zeros to left a decimal point. And, and Lockheed now admits it's like, okay, we suck, but we're too big to fail. So we're getting this whole too big to fail argument now from them. Like you have, you're stuck with us. Mm. I mean, Eisenhower would be rolling in his grave. I mean, he used to, he told us about the military industrial complex. The F thirty five shows that the coyote is in charge of the hen house in the Pentagon. So true, and um, I love the part where it talks about the vintage nineteen eighties F sixteen that was able to sneak up behind it while it's yeah, on its I- stealth mode and blow it out of the sky. And I'm going, oh my gosh. Could somebody please cue the Top Gun music? I can see Maverick Goose. Goose, I got a bogey. We're going to put the brakes on and come out behind him. Watch this. Exactly. It's so sad. <laughs> yeah, this stealth jet is, uh, turns out it's not so stealthy after all. <laughs> what a surprise. It also has problems. Like, if you if you flip on the afterburner too long, it will melt the airplane in flight. Or, like, <laughs> it's, it's multi-million dollar radar system. Sometimes pilots have to press control alt delete to reset it while in flight. Now, when we return, we'll hear more about the lame jet that is likely the Defense Department's biggest waste of money ever. And we'll hear why fighting today's enemies is really done successfully without bullets. That's ahead on CBS Eye on Veterans.
Welcome back to CBS Eye on Veterans. I'm Navy veteran Phil Briggs. Now we're talking with an Army veteran from the 82nd Airborne, acclaimed author, and a national security expert, Sean McFaith, about how the Department of Defense has spent over a trillion dollars on the Air Force's F-35 fighter jet program. And among the many problems, it's never seen combat, and it doesn't work. The computers on it suck. Share with me a little bit about, one, how the computers suck, kind of reiterate that Control-Alt-Delete thing again, and then how Lockheed Martin is practically extorting the friggin' government to fix the problem. <laughs> if you step into its cockpit, it's like it's got a cockpit of iPads, and the, uh, the pilot has this special, like, this visor that allows him or her to see through the aircraft in a dogfight, uh, through sensors around the airplane. Of course, it doesn't matter because, you know, 40-year-old F-15s and F-16s can sneak up on it. Who cares? But it has like 8 like million lines of code in that airplane. And that, you know, and 24 million lines of code in the maintenance crew on the ground, the ground crew. And it is, it, you can imagine it's about like Windows 2000, right? It's like very buggy. It's not Windows 2000, but it's, it's super buggy. It's probably super hackable. And, you know, when, the, when airplanes, when pilots are in flight, sometimes like the computer will go down or the radar will go down. So imagine being in a dogfight and suddenly your radar goes black and you have to press control all delete to reset it. <laughs> that is the type of nonsense we're facing with the F-35. And it's not just that, it's all sorts of things. So they'll fix that, and then something else breaks down. It's sort of like somebody trying to fix up an old sailboat, I suppose. You know, and so Lockheed has come to the Air Force because uh, and the Pentagon, who's complained about this, and saying, well, you know, we can fix it if you give us another, like, uh, two billion dollars and a 1.5 billion dollars an extra two years with an exclusive contract and you know the air force and others are just slapping their forehead thinking holy cow i mean can you imagine having a contractor work in your kitchen blow it all up and demand more money and more time to fix it um that's what we're dealing with the, with the f-35 and lockheed martin so crazy. Yeah. And you put it so poignantly in the article when you said that uh, the current F-35 fleet is receiving right now a $16 billion software upgrade that's yeah, two years behind billion. schedule. And Lockheed's like, hey, you know, we could reduce that whole Control-Alt-Delete problem, but you have to give us an exclusive maintenance contract. I mean, come on. Right. That... <laughs> All right. To, to fix what we built. Yeah. Let's uh, round down to the end of the article, and um, instead of a $1.7 trillion lemon, what do we need to do? Because this is where I think you've you know, authored books on this, and you speak about this, but realistically, this not only looks at the F-35, but this looks at like how we defend our nation from the godless hordes or internet hacks and hoodies living somewhere in the Ukraine that are just messing with us via memes. How in the hell are we supposed to fight the modern warfare if not with these massive multi-trillion dollar aircrafts? No, yeah, that's the real, that's the main point of the F-35 in this article is, you know, there's a saying that generals always fight the last war, especially if they won it. The F-35 is evidence for this. I mean, it's built to win last century's wars and not this century's wars. I mean, the F-35 
It makes sense if you imagine that the future of war is the Battle of Midway in the South China Sea, fought with Ford-class carriers, F-35s, and drones. It's just not going to happen. It's like hearing the command fix bayonets. That way of warfare is past. Um, and it's not going to solve us with problems of today, like how we all know there's a culture war going on in our country. We all know democracy is messy. That's fine if we're having a family feud, but that's not the whole story. We have outside powers reaching in through disinformation, finding the seams of our society, pouring, you know, JP Ford fuel on it and lighting a fire and ripping apart. So we go at each other's throats and we diminish our country from within. That's what they're doing. Um, you know, we don't know how to, you know, we, we have the best military in the world, yet we struggle against low-level foes, whether it be North Vietnamese or Al-Qaeda or Taliban. You know, the reason we are struggling is not because we don't have the best technology, the best weapons, the best troops. We have all that. It's because our strategic IQ is low. We have an amazingly high tactical and operational IQ, but it comes to strategy, we're being lapped by our enemies. We don't even know how to fight wars beneath the quote threshold of war. That's where we need to be. That's where we need to be at today. Mm. And that's not a problem that the F-35 can fix. Well said. We have to be under the threshold of war. Um, let me ask you this. You've you've worked as a, you know, CIA contractor. I always, I always tease him when I, I always, I always tease him when I say that word because you were a mercenary. But anyways, we're not going to say that word because we, <laughs> because we don't say those words. Um, you know, you've worked in the military and you've worked, you know, as a policy advisor. Am I supposed to assume that like all of the crap that the foreign countries do to us in social media via the memes, via the hacking, via the QAnon, via the disinformation, the fake news that gets spread that like, you know. Congressional candidates from Georgia end up believing and get elected on their platform because they're all about the QAnon. I'm not naming any names, but um, am I supposed to believe that we're not doing that in other countries right now? We need to be doing more of that type of stuff, and, and we have we have a couple problems stateside in terms of what in within the Washington consensus or the blob, or we can call it. You know, we have to get past antiquated notions of warfare. We're still mired in World War II in many ways. F-35 is but one example. But we, we've somehow have evolved to a time where we look at war like pregnancy. You either are or you're not. And our adversaries exploit that because they know full well that war is not an either or. War is an and. You're not at war or peace. You're at, you're at war and peace. And they get right in between our false narrative of war or peace, and they exploit it for victory. That's what Russia does. It's what China does. It's what Iran does. It's what terrorists do. All these things. We can have the best military in the world, but if we don't have the best strategic thinkers in the world, and I say that we do not, that military is always going to be um, you know, one step behind. Mm. And that's, my, that's why I wrote the new rules of war, is to get us ahead rather than behind of our adversaries. So if they're ripping us apart at the seams from inside by polluting our social media and driving us to hate each other and, e and even riot on our own Capitol building through their disinformation, why don't we have the dream team meme team 
in like attacking their social media? How come we don't have like the most offensive, insulting puppet show ripping apart Muhammad that's broadcast to everybody in Iran to make them angry at their leaders? Or how come we're not like, right. how come we're not questioning the sexual orientation of Vladimir Putin and like, you know, completely taking away any essence of masculinity so that his followers will laugh at him and he'll become a comical joke rather than this fearful murderer, authoritarian leader? Why aren't we driving some kind of wedge into China to make people realize like, hey, dude, don't work for six cents an hour. I mean, how come we're not driving wedges like that online? Is it because we think we're morally superior? It, you know, this is a great question. And, you know, Putin rides around half naked on bears. <laughs> Can't we do something with that? Right? I mean, it writes itself. Turns out half of Al Qaeda were complete porn dogs. Can't we do something with that? <laughs> Um, you know, how is a country that invented Hollywood, Madison Avenue, social media, how come we're, we're outplayed by these clumsy autocracies? And the answer is multifold. One is that we're stuck in a, um, an antiquated paradigm of what war is, what war requires. Two is that we have things like the Smith Monk Act, these, these antiquated acts in the 50s and 60s that are law that seek to control, you know, information, but they're made for like AM radio and not the Twitter age. Third is that we consider it to be distasteful, which is absurd. Um, you know, remember that in World War One, at the beginning of World War One, 1914, generals of that era thought the machine gun, that submarine warfare and airplanes with machine guns on top of them were all unethical. By 1918, they were the norm and we never looked back. War evolves before warriors do, and the new way of war is fought with in disinformation and not just with kinetic firepower. And the sooner that we, we start to, to get in the shadows and punch back using this, these types of weapons, the safer that will be. But right now, we need to have a national discourse on how does a democracy fight secretly, when secrets kill democracy, kind of, you know, that's the national discourse we need to have and not how many F-35s are needed. Mm, amen. Well, I love it, Sean. Uh, I could hear you preach all day long uh, because this is not just about defense policy, but this is the world we live in and it's crazy and we haven't adapted to crazy yet. And it just makes me mad, makes me sad uh, that the America I'm so proud of uh, loses just such such a I, I don't want to say a simple battle but it is far less complex than the f-35 and uh, such a well-written article you can see this article the f-35 tells everything that's broken in the pentagon at the hill.com and uh sean mcfade as always you can find uh, more on this topic a whole book full of it uh the new rules of war how america can win against russia china and other threats uh you get it everywhere you get books sean mcfade army veteran thank you brother always great to have you on the show thanks so love being on connect vets All right, don't go anywhere yet. We're not done. Go ahead and click play on the next title, and you'll hear from our second guest this week on Ion Veterans. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Veterans ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today, or you can listen ad free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. 
Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.